4: 560 The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and today, you know, it's a feel-good Friday. Friday's always feeling good, because you're going into the weekend, and you are living in South Florida, or at least you're visiting South Florida, and if you're visiting South Florida, you're living it. So, why don't we live it together over the next hour? Going to have some reggae music to make you feel Irie. Plus, on the way, you're going to be hearing from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking football, football, and more football because that's what this weekend, a whole lot of it is going to be about. Mike Florio going to break it down. The Lions, the Tigers, the Bears, Deshaun Watson, the whole nine yards. Then Greeny talking with former Jet Nick Marigold. Oh, yeah, they have the playoffs this weekend. And Hawken Crowder. They're talking sports, but they're also talking a little Joe Exotic. Pardon, Joe Exotic. We'll see what happens. Probably not, but you never know. New administration, maybe. Eh, we'll wait and see. Don't have to wait for the headlines. I have them for you right now. Starting off on a somber note, Henry Aaron has passed away at 86. The Hall of Famer had over 3,700 hits in his career. And, of course, second all-time in home runs. Tyler Hero, he has returned to practice and is expected to play tonight when the Heat take on the Raptors at 7.30, then Miami will play two against the Nets Saturday and Monday. Sunday at 3, it's the NFC Championship game with Green Bay taking on Tampa Bay. Then at 6.40, it's the AFC Championship game between Kansas City and Buffalo. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier have both made weight in advance to their fight. They face off Saturday night. THE MARLINS HAVE SIGNED ANTHONY BASS TO A TWO-YEAR CONTRACT. THE RELIEF PITCHER HAS PLAYED WITH FIVE TEAMS IN THE PAST FIVE SEASONS. SEVERAL OF THE PANTHER'S UPCOMING GAMES HAVE BEEN POSTPONED DUE TO COVID CONCERNS. THEY ARE SCHEDULED TO RESUME PLAY TUESDAY AT 7 AGAINST COLUMBUS. The Canes basketball team are back in action Sunday at 6 when they play Notre Dame. Miami is 2-6, while the Irish are 1-5 in the ACC. The women's national team faced Colombia in an international friendly tonight at 7. And now, let's go ahead, let's take a step into the day spa. Ah. A Toronto woman was surprised when she saw a knife welding squirrel in her backyard. Hey, lay off his nuts. A British man was surprised after ordering a burger with extra cheese and no other extras and received a box with just two slices of cheese. Mmm, eat up. A man claims that a single mom he was dating should be put in jail after cooking him a horrible breakfast. I think he should be more worried about or happy with what she served for dinner the night before, if you know what I mean. A woman looking for a roommate received an email from a guy asking to rent the room and if she would be uncomfortable living with a male. He said he would be willing to wear a chastity belt and give her the keys to it. Now that's a man with integrity. Lawmakers in Oklahoma are pushing to make an official Bigfoot hunting season. Honey, get my gun. Now to the Exergen Weather Center. Today's forecast, clear temperatures around 70. It's clear in the mornings. You gotta listen to the Joe Rose Show. Nobody gives you better insight and more fun than Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, and Hollywood. Earlier, they were talking with NFL insider Mike Florio, getting you ready for the big playoff weekend, talking about the Lions are coming for your kneecaps. Lions aren't in the playoffs, but maybe they will be now that they have a new kneecap plan. Also, where does Eric B land? And uh, the guy's name that is on everyone's tongue, especially here in
5: South Florida. Deshaun Watson. This team is going to take on the identity of this city. This city's been been down and it found a way to get up, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing.
3: Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com. Mike, we got to see Dan Campbell up close and personal years ago back here as the interim head coach. He would kick what, some ass
5: out of some knees right. is what we're going. Oklahoma,
3: yeah. Oklahoma drill, all that stuff that he had down here. What's uh, What was Detroit's first reaction to Dan Campbell's press conference?
1: Well, you know, first of all, the Oklahoma drill is forbidden now, so he's going to have to come up with other tactics. <laughs> I
3: feel like I heard, and, and this
1: is a very, very dated reference that only Joe and I are going to get. I feel like I heard a twist on some lyrics from the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue, yeah. and some of that that Dan Campbell was spewing. <laughs> I think that those things he's talking about would be violations of the rules. I think that I don't know that biting off someone's kneecap is articulated in the rule book anywhere, but I have a feeling that would be unnecessary roughness. And, and here's the last point I'll make, because I like the attitude. I like the fire. I don't understand why they do these introductory press conferences with these coaches in a suit and tie, like they're going to a funeral or something. I mean, <laughs> let these guys be a little more comfortable. Let them be a little more natural. They don't wear suits like Tom Landry on the sidelines anymore. No. It just amazes me that there's just this Hey, it's, it was like that when I got here, and that's how the, the the teams continue to adhere to the idea that well, we got a new coach, we're going to slap him in a suit, and it's the only time he's ever going to wear this suit that we're paying five hundred dollars for, or in the case <laughs> of Ben McAdoo, twenty nine ninety nine off the rack, and it's ten thousand. It, I I I both love and hate this part of the year because. Dan Campbell just looked like a, you know, a a, a, a a gym teacher who, you know, was showing up for picture day or something in that suit. Let, let him let him be natural. Maybe he would have been even more <laughs> effusive and over the top if he'd have been wearing his coaching gear. But anyway, I know this is high level analysis. That's why you have me on the show. But Love but it's such a visual component. Yeah. The, these new arrivals. Think about Adam GaSe in, in New York a couple of years ago and his introductory press conference. The impression that Ben McAdoo made, as I mentioned earlier, in his giant David Byrne suit. I, it, 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 this is the first introduction to your fan base, and it just looks in so many cases stiff and awkward and unnatural.
5: Mike, uh, let's get into the other one here that's got so many different parts to it. Uh, Deshaun Watson has uh, teased in a lot of places. They're excited up New York, thinking they have a chance with what, what they can offer. I know a lot of Dolphin fans feel the same way. Eric Bieniemy, do you think he gets that job in Houston?
1: I'm not sure, and if I'm Eric Bieniemy. I want to have an opportunity to sit and talk with Deshaun Watson before I make a decision. Because I want to know that Deshaun Watson will stay if I take the job. I'm not interested in the job if the first order of business is going to be presiding over a trade of a franchise quarterback. So I I need to know he's on board. The enemy is one of the guys that Deshaun Watson recommended that be interviewed, and initially he was ignored. You know, Watson also recommended that Robert Sala be interviewed, and he was completely ignored. They didn't even talk to Sala after it all came out that Watson was unhappy that he was being shut out of a process they told him he'd be involved in. So if I'm the enemy, I'm very leery and I want to know that me taking that job is going to keep John Watson around. So I, I still, I don't, I don't understand why the enemy doesn't have a job. I don't understand why the six other vacancies didn't go to the enemy. I don't understand why he was shut out each of the last two years. When you consider the Andy Reid pipeline, Doug Peterson popped out of that job, offensive coordinator, who doesn't call plays because Reed does? Peterson becomes coach of the Eagles and wins the Super Bowl. Matt Nagy pops out of that spot, goes to Chicago, playoffs twice in the first three years, and now the enemy's been stagnating. And, right. you know, a point I made earlier today when the NFL was collectively shunning Colin Kaepernick, they at least tried to spread some sort of semi plausible or flat out BS reasons why Colin Kaepernick wasn't in the NFL. No one is articulating any reasons to anyone as to why the enemy can't get a job. It's confounding to me. I, you, know, you, you hear this vague, like, well, but he doesn't interview well. Well, you're not hiring somebody to sit and talk to you for an hour and a half at a time at the country club. You're hiring somebody to coach your football team. This obsession with how a guy interviews is ridiculous. I, I, I don't get it. And I think whoever ends up hiring him is going to be happy. And uh, maybe it'll be the Texans, maybe it won't be. But if they want to fix this thing with Deshaun Watson, it sounds like he's probably their best choice.
5: So how do we fix the bigger problem? and getting more black coaches hired for head coaching jobs. What's the league going to do now? Because it's going to be a topic. The commissioner is going to talk about it in his NFL uh, Super Bowl press conference. It's going to come up. What's he say?
1: I don't know what he's going to say, but but what he says is probably not going to be what needs to be said. I mean, the reality is the Rooney Rule was born out of a risk of litigation from 19 years ago when the late Johnny Cochran, Cyrus Mary, sufficiently scared the NFL into thinking someone was going to sue them for discriminatory hiring practices based on race. So they come up with a process for ensuring opportunity for consideration. And we've had 19 years of the Rooney Rule, and we see compliance with the letter, sometimes not the spirit, but we see compliance with the letter of the Rooney Rule, but we still don't see an improvement in the numbers. When you've got 70% of the players who are black, 35% of the assistant coaches are black, but such a small percentage of the head coaches Black at a certain point, you, you know, you don't need to have secret tapes of Donald Sterling or any other smoking gun evidence that gets harvested through the process of taking depositions and reviewing documents and all the things that go into civil litigation. You just look at the numbers that's exhibit A. Look at the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. There's clearly an issue here, and until they get sued and lose or get sued and get scared, it's not going to change things that's the bottom line and you know I got a ton of respect for what the Fritz Pollard Alliance does but I can't reconcile the two comments that came from Rod Graves the executive director of that group this week first he says it's mind-boggling the lack of opportunities for black coaches and then he gives a thumbs up to the Jaguars who hired Urban Meyer everybody knew they were hiring Urban Meyer that wasn't an open process Nope. yeah I mean yeah he checked the boxes and he talked to the Fritz Pollard Alliance and he identified candidates other than Urban Meyer but come on Anybody who's smart, who, who has their person lined up, is going to do what needs to be done to make it look like there was compliance with both the letter and the spirit of the rule. Myra was always the guy. And, you know, here's the thing. For any vacancy, there's always going to be a qualified white coach, and there's always going to be a qualified black coach. Right. And when we keep seeing that fork in the road, constantly go in the way of the white coach and the numbers pile up they, like I said they speak for themselves you don't need a smoking gun you don't need some sort of a damning admission all you need are the numbers and at some point and I don't know what happens but that's going to be the thing that finally triggers real improvement if someone gets sued or is afraid they're going to get sued by someone who is chronically overlooked and in and, and, and if Eric Biennium the guy to do it you know you got to trade in your career basically look at Colin Kaepernick but what would happen when you take on the machine. And and that's I think that's the thing that allows the NFL to just continue to tread water through through this kind of murky environment, even though it's annually going to be an issue until it finally does improve.
3: Mike, so what the Deshaun Watson drama, regardless of I guess I guess it's all going to depend on the coach, but do you see him asking for a trade, asking out at this? Because we haven't seen that yet where he has come out and blatantly said, I don't want to be here anymore. We only hear reports, maybe stuff from his agent, I'm not sure. But do you see it coming to that point where he does that? And then how many teams, even with quarterbacks now, that probably are starters in the league, are going to be literally lined up to try to get their hands on Deshaun Watson?
1: My understanding is that Watson is moving in the direction of asking for a trade. He hasn't uttered the magic words yet because he understands that once he does, he can't go back. Once you say, I want out, what what do you do? And you you have to understand the full implications of it. You have to be ready to hold out of training camp, hold out into the regular season, if the Texans are going to refuse to buckle, if they're going to refuse to trade you. See, the problem with the Texans, they've become so dysfunctional and irrational in their decision-making, you can't predict. You know, If you're playing chess with them, you don't know what they're going to do. They may not do what's in their best interest because maybe they aren't capable of figuring out what's in their best interest. Maybe they think it's in their best interest to dig in instead of maximizing the value and finding out which teams that Deshaun Watson would be willing to play for because he has a no-trade clause that allows him to dictate at least where he's not going to go. But say, give me a list. Give me a list of the teams you want to play for, and then they'll they'll work those teams to get the best possible offer. So, look, I I think that, that there's still a chance they can change his mind, but once he says, trade me, it's over. And I think that's one of the reasons why he hasn't said it yet, because he knows it'll be over. And as to the teams that are interested, you know, I think it's easier to identify the teams that shouldn't be interested. You know, like the Chiefs and the Bills, the teams that have the clear-cut franchise quarterbacks, especially on the right side of 30. Why would you be interested in Deshaun Watson? There aren't many of those teams. And I've been keeping my eye out for the possibility of a three-team deal here because, you know, and and it came up yesterday as it relates to Tua Tonga-Bailoa. I think there was a report out of Houston that the Texans wouldn't want Tua. Okay, well, what you do then is you find a team who does. That team gives something to the Dolphins that flows back through to the Texans as part of the trade. And you could do two separate trades. You could do one trade. but, but, But I think that, you know, it's just another moving part here. The team that has, a starting quarterback. What is that team going to do with it? Does that team go to the Texans? Does it go somewhere else with that quarterback? And then does that become part of the compensation package? So it's complicated. Potentially, we haven't seen many trades like this. We still aren't going to see it. We're not. We don't know that we're going to see it. But I, I think I think that, that it is not going to be an easy thing to pull off because of the reality. You know, there may be a team that decides to get to the front of the line that currently does that currently has a starting quarterback, and that situation is going to have to be dealt with. Along, along with the move that brings Watson to town.
5: Mike, uh, earlier in the show we had Aaron Wilson on from the Houston Chronicle who's been covering a bunch of stuff here. He said Cal McNair is really close. He and his family to Jack Easter being will not fire him. He's not going anywhere. Would that have anything to do with this decision or can uh, Deshaun work around that? Because, listen, VP of football operations a big deal. It is.
1: Yeah, and I've got strong opinions about Jack Easterby, and this is not personal to Easterby. He first landed on my radar screen in March of last year when someone in the league pointed out that that there were some inconsistencies in his resume. This is a guy who, who got his foot in the door as a chaplain, unpaid chaplain with the Kansas City Chiefs. They paid his eventually travel expenses. He claimed at one point that he was the assistant to the director of football operations in Jacksonville in 2004. It turns out he was a summer intern while he was in college, a handful of weeks with the Jaguars, right? And I didn't do anything about it at the time, but once Bill O'Brien got fired, I went back and looked at it again, and I noticed that the resume online had been changed to gloss over that so that, that's, that's when the, the recovering Ooh. lawyer in me starts to activate and I start looking <laughs> for BS and, 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 you know, and, and, there's, and, and it's well documented out there, and others have reported on this. My assessment of Jackie's to be is he is a guy Ooh. who saw an opportunity to become something that he's not qualified to be. He's not qualified objectively to be an executive VP of football operations. And this gets back to the whole Rooney Rule conversation. There are plenty of black executives who are far more qualified than Jackie used to be that should have that job. There are white executives that are far more qualified than Jackie used to be who should have that job. And, you know, every time something dysfunctional happens with the Texans at this point, my reaction is that's what you get. That's what you get when you put someone who is wholly unfit in a position of power and influence. When things happen that shouldn't happen in the wake of that decision, it's because you made that decision. You know, this guy's got Cal McNair bamboozled and they reportedly have prayed together for enlightenment. Yeah, think about this. Cal McNair is getting ready to hire a general (laughs) manager who may undermine or fire Jack Easterby. Easterby reportedly goes to him, and they pray for enlightenment, and the next thing you know, they're on a plane to New England to hire the guy in Nick Casario, who's going to be no threat to Jack Easterby. So, you know, the fans, I'm, I'm impressed in Houston, are very in tune with this issue, and they understand the problem, and Cal McNair is just trying to keep his head in the sand about it and hope it all blows over, but I don't think it will until the team, number one, solves the Deshaun Watson problem, and number two, starts winning
5: some football games. Should have done some praying with Andre Johnson. Listen, Andre Johnson, I've known since he was in high school. I've never heard Andre Johnson say a bad thing about anybody that's been able to cover him or anybody he's even fought with or torched. He's one of the nicest human beings, and he's ripping Jack Easterby. Well, and see, Easterby's got a very specific
1: personality type. It's almost like a televangelist in your face, you know, wearing – Look, I I got. Hey, hey, I grew up Catholic. I got 12 years of Catholic school. I, I I have certain beliefs about how you should handle your own beliefs, and you know there are portions of the Gospel of Matthew. I believe it is. I'm not going to cite chapter and verse. I don't carry that stuff around in my head, but I remember what I learned about making ostentatious and open displays of your Christianity. In in a way that that is a little too much, and I feel like that's what Easter B does, and he uses that to ingratiate himself to certain people, and it turns other people off because people can see through it. And he's got an audience of one, and it's Cal McNair, and it works on Cal McNair. And as long as it works on Cal McNair, he stays employed. The problem is you lose a guy, you're right, you lose a guy like Andre Johnson, and there's something wrong with you because Andre Johnson's not the kind of guy who's going to go around saying those things about anyone and and I agree with you that's the first time I've ever heard him really go after anyone in all the years he's been connected to football. And he's one of the stuff, people right. you know, he's one of the people that was on this supposed committee which really wasn't a committee of individuals that, that Cal McNair was going to consult with in these hires. And that and that yeah. <laughs> and that's Ouch. his assessment of Jack Easterby. <laughs> yeah. So
5: Pretty crazy stuff, If you're a Texans, uh, fan,
1: right. you're a Texans fan, just uh, serenity now, serenity now.
5: You know, Mike, I didn't know this your background since you and I had the same background. So bless me, Father, for I have sinned. How long's it been? How long's it been since you went to one of those confessions? Come on.
1: Hey, hey, you know what? It's funny. I watched, I'll confess this to you. My son and I watched Godfather Part 3 last night because we'd watched the first two together. Yeah. And I, I, I remember hearing that 3 stunk, and it stunk. And at one point, Michael Corleone gives a confession, and he says, my God, it's been 30 years, and I started doing the math, and I thought, man, Michael Corleone, I got you beat, buddy.
5: I man, never, no, listen, I've never. i been a while, too. I've
1: never been a big fan of the whole guilt-based thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember how oh, when I was in grade yeah. school and they made you go. Remember when they made you go? Did you go to a Catholic grade school and they made yeah, you go? Yeah,
5: I did. I went to all that remember? stuff. man. I
1: I have, I have few traumas <laughs> in my life greater than than sitting in that pew and waiting to go in to this dark confessional, try to come up with stuff that I did that I shouldn't have done. Just the whole idea, like you're on your way to the gallows. Like I want nothing to do with it. And uh, so anyway, I'd have to, I'd have to spend a lot of time <laughs> reflecting on the last four hey,
5: days. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> this is the only sports out. show that's going to ever <laughs> ask you how long's it been. Like, listen to me, Mr. Catholic here. Hey. Oh, my. Let me
1: tell you, this is either the ultimate coincidence or it's a message from above, given that I was just thinking about that 12 hours ago.
5: Don't worry. My guys have said I got no shot to go above the, the amount of people <laughs> I blasted. I got no shot. So so thank you. Hey, hey Mike. My
1: argument, last point, I know you got to go. My argument is, and my wife doesn't agree with me, I, that, that it should be like for a husband and wife, it should be like an average, that that, that should be the assessment when it's time to get in or not get in because she's more than – and good enough to get both of us in. I don't think she wants to take me with her, though. So.
3: <laughs> that, that would have been Joe's hey, answer, too. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Mike, I, I, got, I got that sweet little <laughs> wife, too,
5: man. And She's like, why do you do and say the stuff you do? All right, Mike, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. All right. It's
4: going to be an exciting football weekend. You can never tell what's going to happen. I thought I'd be watching a Saints game this weekend. Once again, you can never tell what's going to happen. But you know... It's going to go down with the Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 7 over the past decades. Right here, hopefully decades to come, 560, the Joe. Not done yet. Got to hear from my man, Mike Greenberg.
6: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously Brady has the experience of being up in New England, so he's dealt with the cold and and the elements and everything. But a lot of those guys on that Tampa Bay team have it.
4: Greeny talking more football with former Jet Nick Marigold next on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Lucifer's son of the morning I'm gonna chase, chase you out of, out of hurt, hurt. Welcome back to 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. So, got that reggae going from Lee Scratch Scratchberry. Disco Devil. This is a reggae classic. Hopefully, you're having a very classic weekend here in South Florida. Beauty He's all around us, no matter what the weather's like. But I'm going to try to go to the beach and get some funky Buddha. That's beautiful. also catch a lot of these football games, basketball games, the heat, a whole nine yards. Everything so good. So good. So good. Always good with my man Greeny, Mike Greenberg. Getting you ready for the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yep, he is a big Jets fan, so you know he's in awe talking to former Jets offensive lineman Nick Marigold talking about Justin Fields. What challenges does he face when he'll enter the league? Also, playing with Favre and comparing Favre to Brady. He gives us our playoff picks. And what does the New York Jets do? future look like.
2: Good morning to one of my all-time favorite players and one of the all-time really good guys talking football. He is former Jet and former Ohio State legend Nick Mangold, who joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Nick Mangold.
6: Hey, Greeny. How you doing? I've
2: been well, my friend. It's good to see you. And the last time we were together, I think, was at a Super Bowl get-together a year or two ago and, and back in a time when you could still do that. And I hope that we can do it again. Seems hard to believe that we were surrounded by hundreds of people and everyone felt good about it, How how things have changed. But a bunch of things I want to ask you about. So you're an Ohio State legend, as I mentioned, and here comes Urban Meyer. And of course, you were there before he was the coach. But here comes Urban Meyer to coach in the National Football League. And I'm fascinated by it. I've always found him to be a fascinating person in general. What is your expectation for him? And what would you describe as the biggest challenges that he will face in making the transition to the pros?
6: Yeah, you know, I'm excited for it, uh, just to see how things happen. You know, I think the biggest challenge that he's going to have to face is he's now dealing with uh, grown men. Um, you know, dealing with the college ranks, you're getting guys that are 18 to 22. Um, you're getting them fresh out of high school. You know, they're young. Um, you know, they're, they're still trying to find their ways. Now you got to coach guys that are, uh, you know, anywhere from 22 to could be 40 these days. So that's going to be a big transition for him. It's going to be interesting to see how he does with that, um, not having the NFL experience. But, you know, the way that he's won in, in all of his programs seems like, you know, it, it's going to be a good fit. You know, it'll, it'll be fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I was surprised by it. I, he, he just strikes me always as a college person. And, and there feels to me like there's a line of delineation. And one is not necessarily, to me, better than the other. I guess he just wants to try a new challenge because he's had so much success. But I was surprised he decided to do it. Well. What was your reaction?
6: I was surprised, too. But, I mean, at the same time, it's a great situation. You get the first-round pick or the first pick overall. Um, you have a ton of cap space. So, you know, it, it's a good situation to jump into, but, you know, that doesn't last the whole time. That's kind of the crazy part. You know, in college, you can just recruit every year and just keep getting five star guys over and over and over again. Now, with the salary cap and, and having a deal, you have some success in the field, you're not going to have that high draft pick. Um, you're not going to have that flood of talent coming in like you do in the college ranks. So, um, seeing how he manages that. Uh, will be the uh, the big key to success down there.
2: Nick Mangold is with me. He was a first round draft pick in the National Football League in two thousand six. And, and Nick, I, I, I feel like you have been retired for quite a few years because you have, and you are thirty seven years old. So, what is your reaction? To Tom Brady, against whom you played for many years in that AFC East, doing what he's doing at the age of 43,
6: it, it's quite impressive, you know. And I, I think, your quarterback, you know, it's nice that you get the you get to sit back there. You're well protected. You're not banging like the guys up front. So, you know, it's a grain of salt uh, that some of us have been retired, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it's impressive either way. You know, the way that he's still sling the ball around, the way that he still seems to be enjoying the game, it, it, it's pretty cool to watch. Uh, I just wish I could have watched it from a different division while I was playing.
2: You know, I'm I'm thinking back to when you were on the Jets and the team acquired Brett Favre. People, I think, sometimes forget how good that year was, how good he was, how well he played, and how well your team was playing until he got hurt late in the year. And, and so I think back to whatever it was he brought then leadership and, and just credibility because he was an all time great. And and I wonder if you think back to that and you can sort of see how Brady has brought so many of the same things to the Buccaneers.
6: Yeah. You know, I I think when you have that pedigree that, um, you know, a guy like Brett Favre has, like Tom Brady has, uh, that's a huge help for uh, the program as a whole. Um, And when I think back to my Brett Favre days, you know, we had a good young team going. Uh, we had some great experienced veterans um, throughout the offense and defense. Um, we were just kind of missing that one piece and, and and ended up Brett being that piece until he got hurt. And then, you know, we continued on and we, we got to back-to-back AFC Championship games with the, pretty much that same team. So, you know, w- when you find that right spot and, you know, I know Tom probably did his homework to make sure that he was going to the right spot, picking the right team, you know, that has all the pieces there. They, they seem to be hitting their stride. So it's going to be a fun game on Sunday.
2: No question. Greeny and Nick Mangold. What do you expect, Rodgers? on one side Brady on the other snow at Lambeau Field you can't ask for more than that what do you expect to happen
6: yeah it's going to be interesting because you know obviously Brady has the experience of being up in New England so he's dealt with the cold and and the elements and everything but a lot of those guys on that Tampa Bay team have it so you know it's going to be interesting you know Aaron Rodgers just seems like he's in a groove you know he is smooth he's having fun he's loose I think what's really cool for us this weekend as fans that you get to see uh, the old guard and the new guard You know, we'll have the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady going after it, and then Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going after it. So you know that the Super Bowl is going to end up being one of the old guys and one of the young guys, and that's pretty awesome as a fan.
2: Absolutely. I, I see it the same way, and I think all football fans are in for a treat, and there's really no bad matchup we could wind up with at the end. Quick final thing. Obviously, you played your whole career for the New York Jets. There's this possibility that they're going to go out and, and, and find a way to get Deshaun Watson? What are your thoughts as you see this Watson thing playing out and any expectations as far as how the whole thing goes?
6: You know, I I, I remember seeing the rumors and, and, you know, you look at it and I think he's obviously a great talent and he, he's a great quarterback. My concern would be that Houston is going to ask for too much um, and that to get Deshaun Watson, you would have to pay um, a lot. And for a team right now that seems to have a lot of holes has a lot of uh, issues that they need to fill. Spending all that money on one piece, I don't think we're one piece away from getting the Super Bowl. Um, I I think we still need to build it up, and I I hope Joe Douglas does that as he's uh, uh, looking at this free agency and looking at the draft. Um, I think it would be cool. It would be a big splash. uh, But at the same time, I don't know if that's for the the longevity of uh, establishing a winning culture around here in, in New York
2: that's a fascinating perspective on it nick it's always good to catch up thank you very much for this we'll, we'll talk down the road be well
6: of course thank you you too
2: all right that's nick mangold again ohio state legend terrific player for the jets for a really long time and now doing some analysis and doing really well with it
4: some good insight from Greenie and nick marigold right there you can always catch Greenie's hot takes and all weekdays from 10 to noon right here on 560 the joe and remember from 2
0: to 6 you can always catch these guys joe exotic the tiger king thought he was going to be pardoned by donald trump in that final flurry of pardons which all outgoing presidents do and hawk crowder joe exotic It all makes sense. If not, just hold tight.
4: You'll hear some reggae music and it'll make sense in just a moment. Here on 560 The Joe, Radio Rewind. Six of the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard over the past 24 hours here on 560 the Joe Plus got some reggae for your feel good Friday and gonna make you feel good right now with some Hawk and Crowder. Well maybe not that good if you're a Joe exotic fan. They want the pardon. Also, Team Tiger's limo. What about Carol Baskin?
0: I started to get into this yesterday. We were talking about it. We've been fascinated with Tiger King, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, and it's waned a little bit, but Joe Exotic the Tiger King thought he was going to be pardoned by Donald Trump in that final flurry of pardons which all outgoing presidents do and what did we talk oh we talked yesterday about the uh, the stretch limo that was there waiting Joe Exotic's uh, office and then we, we we talked yesterday I read you the actual White House statements about the pardoning of Kodak Black and Lil Wayne And then we were talking about how mad Joe Exotic must be, you know, (laughs) he's just, he seems to be pardoning, you know, anybody that had a decent advocate, what'd we read yesterday that Lamar Jackson advocated for Kodak Black and Deion Sanders advocated for Lil Wayne. And, uh, I don't think Tiger King Joe Exotic probably had very good advocates There's a story I read today in the Washington Post, and it's just such a great little look behind the scenes. Um, They 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 talked with the people that were ready and the Washington Post does good work. So it says it was an unusual day on the job for Jerry DeBose, a Fort Worth limousine driver. He pilots a 2019 Dodge Ram super stretch turbo diesel limo, the longest limo in Dallas, he claims. It has disco floors, indoor and outdoor seating, two sound systems, and a light show. He's used to carrying carloads of bachelorettes to bars, prom goers to hotel ballrooms, and visiting celebrities to fancy restaurants. His assignment on Tuesday was different. This was my first time taking it to a jail, DeBose says. DeBose had been hired to pick up Joseph Maldonado Passage, the eccentric former private zoo owner, better known as Joe Exotic, at the federal prison where he's serving a 22-year sentence for violating federal wildlife laws for his role in a murder-for-hire plot targeting his professional rival, the Tiger Sanctuary owner, Carol Baskin. By the way. I, again, I'm going to question the attorneys that Joe Exotic has hired because you know why why pay for this limo if you, like like wouldn't you be certain like why like you're planning a party I I just I I'm I'm confused a little bit by by the attorney's behavior here. <laughs>
7: (laughs) They're Joe Exotic's attorneys. There
0: you go. That's all you need to know.
7: Probably his cousin.
0: Debose says Exotic's lawyers, who call themselves Team Tiger, were expecting a pardon for their client from President Donald Trump around noon that day, the president's last full day in office, right? Tuesday was his last full day in office. Debose pulled up to the law offices of Francisco Hernandez in the super-stretched turbo-diesel limo at 10.30 a.m. The mood there, he says, was just... Jubilant. Everyone was just joking, trying to pass the time, Dubose said. There were reporters around. This time tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating, Eric Love, the Texas philanthropist who had lobbied for the pardon, told the British tabloid Metro. We have good reason to believe it will all come through. Uh, this leads me to believe that Joe Exotic is just surrounded by insane people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody around him is insane. So confident was Team Tiger's, uh, 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 so confident was Team Tiger of Joe Exotic's imminent release that it also hired a hairdresser who was waiting in DeBose's limo to quaff Exotic's signature platinum blonde mullet. He doesn't want anyone to see him until his hair is done, Love told an ABC news affiliate. Love even spoke of swimming, swinging by McDonald's to get Joe Exotic a McRib sandwich. This is almost impossible to believe. This is the this is the law team. Team Tiger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Exotic's gonna have 22 years to think about this. <laughs> like. You know what I mean? Like you can make a bad decision. You stew over it for a little bit. He's going to have 22 years to think about this. But Noon came and went with no word from the White House. Spirits remained high. According to Debose. the lawyers asked him to drive them to a local steakhouse where he joined them for lunch. It's against our policy, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity, Debose said. It was delicious. Yeah, they're told you can't have lunch or dinner with the clients, but he made an exception for Team Tiger. (laughs) Still no word from the White House. Trump had less than 24 hours left in office, and the clock was ticking. Inside the limo, limo, members of Team Tiger chatted about what was going to happen, how the pardon was going to go, Debose said. And mostly, just being on TV and all the media presence that was around, that's pretty much all we talked about. They returned to the law offices. Mr. Eric Love kept the interviews up, DeBose said. We still had hope that it was going to happen at any time. Evening came. No call from Washington. It's written so perfectly. <laughs> Evening came. No call from Washington. Rental rates for the super stretch truck limousine at Heaven on Wheels, DeBose's employer, start at $165 an hour, not counting DuBose, DuBose's driver fees, which he declined to share. At the moment, he had nowhere to drive. I was showing off the limo to people that were there," said Debose, who did a few interviews himself with restless reporters in the parking lot. So now again, the Team Tiger—they have assembled local media. This is almost like the uh, in the office when the, when the printers were uh, going up in flames. Solana and and Michael assembles the press to come. Like they don't anyway. He finally <laughs> drove members of the legal team to the jail. But just for a brief news conference, where the lawyers declared Exotic was innocent. Finally, around 10.30 p.m., DeBose was released from duty. He drove the lawyers back to their offices and dropped them off in the parking lot. The list of 143 pardons released after midnight included former presidential advisor Stephen Bannon, Trump fundraiser Elliot Brody, and rapper Lil Wayne. It did not include... Joe Exotic. Love declined to answer questions on Wednesday about why he had been so certain Exotic would be pardoned. He he released a statement that read, in part, 140 million Joe Exotic fans had a hard time getting out of bed this morning. We are disappointed that this this is his advocate. We are 140 Joe, 140 million Joe Exotic fans? What? We are disappointed that the president did not sign Joe's pardon, as we were confident yesterday that he would. It is only because of you 140 million fans that Joe's pardon was even a possibility. Since his trial, the evidence has made it clear that Joe is not guilty, but rather he is a victim of persons he trusted most. This is what the Washington Post writes. It was a fitting sideshow to the end of the Trump administration with elements that defined it. Celebrity unfounded confidence, appeals to showmanship, and a hankering for McDonald's. Still, it was a great day for DeBose. He was paid to eat steak and do nothing. He even got on the news. The driver had been told to remain on call Wednesday, just in case Joe Exotic's fortunes changed at the last minute. I was a little disappointed that we actually didn't get a chance to pick him up yesterday, DeBose said. He says he enjoyed Tiger King and believes Joe Exotic, who's not due for release until 2037, deserved the pardon. We all make mistakes, the driver said. I love that story. I think it really encapsulates how we were all on pins and needles.
7: <laughs> Bro, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a
0: tough pill to swallow if you're Joe Exotic.
7: Yesterday or 2037? Oh, I'm going with the latter, huh? Okay. Um, (laughs) He's on the prison
0: phone. It's like, oh, I forget even how he talks. How's it going, (laughs) Mr. Lawyer, man? Joe, I've got it narrowed down. We're going to get you out today or 2037. Going to be one of the two, brother. We'll let you know.
7: (laughs) Like What <laughs> so should I get my shoes on or and, not? and then uh,
0: uh, people.com people magazine they uh, they actually have some statements from Joe Exotic Tiger King's Joe Exotic is speaking out after failing to receive a pardon from Donald Trump during his last days at president. As president, the 57 year old who became notorious for his murder for hire plot and for his outrageous attention seeking behavior took aim at the former president in a scathing tweet yesterday, writing, I was too innocent and too gay to deserve a pardon from Trump. That is quite the accusation from Joe Exotic. That's my own (laughs) editorial there. I only mattered to Don Jr., when he needed to make a comment about me to boost his social media post. The convicted felon, whose name is Joseph Maldonado Passage, continued referencing a meme that Donald Trump Jr. had shared online last year in which the then president's face was superimposed onto Maldonado Passage's mugshot. Boy, were we all stupid to believe he actually stood for equal justice. His corrupt friends all come first. Maldonado Passage tweeted and then again says Maldonado Passage is currently serving the first year of a 22 year prison sentence for plotting to kill his nemesis, animal rights activist, Carol Baskin, among other charges. Uh, Carol Baskin told Fox News yesterday, I'm taking a deep breath because I feel a sense of relief From the very time that he was sentenced, I have worried about there being a presidential pardon that could undo all the hard work that went into bringing this person to justice. When today at noon, a new president was sworn in, I felt like I was finally safe from that threat. So there you go. Um, He was not pardoned. And again, his his tweet, very angry tweet. Find it. I want to make sure I read it perfectly. I was too innocent. And too gay to deserve a pardon from
7: Trump. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's a funny tweet. (laughs) That's a funny tweet. You know what? I kinda bro, I kinda feel for him because it's not like he, he you know, he got six people out of jail. A hundred and forty and I can't, I can't make this. Black, like, like there's people,
0: you know what I mean? Like I understand huge donors. I mean, this happens. This happens anytime a president leaves office, there's always controversial pardons. And, and generally there are a hundred to 200 on that final flurry of pardons. But man, I, I do believe Joe exotic was fed a false bill of goods from his legal team. God bless whoever's paying them, because like that. I mean, like you said, it's a twenty-two year mistake. <laughs> it's not like oh, we've got you pardoned; you're going to be released today. Oh, uh, Joe, I, this is gonna this is gonna hurt. It's gonna be two weeks from now. You're gonna you're not the paperwork. It's not going to be till two weeks, and it's like okay, it's twenty-two years. That's a that's a huge. A Huge difference between when you're getting out and, and when you're not.
7: For his legal team to have a limo outside, you know Joe was in there bragging. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you guys on the other side. <laughs> of course. Remember, we had the audio of the,
0: the limo beeping right outside the prison. They were, they were they wanted Joe to come out. Don't we have the audio of that limo? No, that was not the horn we heard yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what that was. There it is. There it is. That's the one. That's DeBose. <laughs> DeBose pulled up. He's got a McRib and a hairdresser in the back. And he made this sound. No, he wasn't on a bike. He wasn't on. He wasn't. This is the sound from the limo. And then Joe Exotic, he, he goes, Warden, I, my, my ride
7: is here. And the warden goes, all right, well, tell him to come back in 2037. Big Ray looks over. Joe, come on, lay back down, big man. <laughs> we got we got some relationship building to do.
0: You feel bad for him at all, Solana? No, I don't. I I, I I want to because I think Joe Exotic getting released, there'd be another documentary. So much more content for us to cover on Joe Exotic, but yeah. I mean, we got to weigh the pros and cons. He's he's only interested in doing harm to Carol Baskin. Yeah. Well, do we really even like Carol Baskin? Hey, all There's you a funny cool cats this question, and kittens! But no, it's it's Carol like Baskin, Baskin,
2: Baskin at Big Cat Rescue.
0: Oh, here's Carol Baskin. Go ahead. Is this her whole cameo birthday greeting?
2: Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! <laughs> it's Carol Baskin at Big Cat Rescue. Cool cats and oh. kittens! It's Carol Baskin <laughs> and Howard Baskin at Big Cat Rescue. And we are here with the crit That's mates to wish Charlotte a happy birthday.
7: Go, Go Charlotte,
5: it's your, your
2: birthday. <laughs> we're we're going
5: to party, party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip the party, party like, like it's, it's your, your birthday. And you and know we don't give a fudge that it's your, your
7: birthday. birthday. <laughs> 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 crazy, waxed-out husband. Never mind, cut Joe loose. <laughs> that swung me, cut him loose we're
0: gonna party like it's your birthday going to like a, what kind of delivery is that
7: oh, crazy we person. don't
0: give a fudge it's your birthday
7: just <laughs> like. like philip rivers <laughs> like cam cameron yes. son of a big buck Oh, that's great.
4: No one gives you insight log like hawk, and Crowder. I am Dan Day. Thanks for listening at Dan Day Radio on all the social medias. I'm going to hit some Funky Buddha. It's the weekend after all. Hopefully you have a great weekend. Enjoy the sports. We'll be back to talk about it Monday, and I'll be back at 6 o'clock Monday for another edition of 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug.